few days but first actually an introduction to yourself and um, this is podcast kind of project I have gone for well it's only last May I kind of came up with the idea and started doing it this would be episode 20 um, oh. and really it's training thought and truth so um, I always had a bit of a mantra that you know if you look after your your physical health and your mental health you know you'd be doing good and then I added the spiritual side with a few years back when uh, that became quite important to me. Um, right. Then I thought the three of them combined, you know, if I got guests on who were experienced or qualified in that kind of realm, um, that, you know, you could help a lot more people. You know, it's really, once you spread the knowledge, you're helping people out really at the end of the day, aren't you? Right, right. And that, that's kind of funny because that's how I was too. Uh, for the longest time, I was like not quite in the spiritual sense yeah. you know and uh i think i had to get knocked down a couple times yeah and then that's where the spiritual stuff started to you know that's so reminiscent the same as me and i think that you need well not that you need that but that, that seems to be the common theme doesn't it you you, you hit your low point <laughs> right this is where some people don't recover or, or else you can find something i think you know uh, right that, so we'll like we will get into that, and I'm interested to hear your story on that. But um, first, we're going to talk a bit about what you're doing because um, seems like you're doing an awful lot from what I can see. And right. Me saying I'm uh, I'm teaching people how to leverage science and spirituality into purpose, and then this is the manifestation equation. Is that right? right? Maybe you might talk a little bit about your your background and and kind of how you are who you are. Sure. Yeah. I always lead off. I'm a child of God first. Um, I'm a father of a 10 year old boy. Um, I'm a doctor of chiropractic. So I've treated patients for over 15 years and I was doing the math. And so I've accumulated over 25,000 patient hours and over a hundred thousand patient visits, which sounds hard to believe. It makes me sound really old too <laughs> so, but uh yeah i've been like uh, a curator of uh, self-help knowledge you know for about 15 years i've been performance coaching uh health coaching for 10 years and then you know i get into kind of odd stuff where i'm doing obstacle course racing and i've done that for the past couple years uh, i've been lucky to qualify for the they call it ocr world championships in the past two years and uh, as you know, I'm in a heavy metal band, uh, Kept Alive. Yeah. And so over the past 15 years, I guess, you know, I've worked with pro athletes, Olympic 
medalists, um, World Series winners, Ironman winners, uh, you know, now Spartan racers, CEOs, you know, stay-at-home moms, you know, just thousands of amazing people to help them kind of improve their lives and to achieve things that other people couldn't see. And so lately I've expanded to like online courses and, you know, group coaching and stuff like that. Um, but my mission and, you know, my goal is to be in a constant state of self-improvement and to help anyone who wants to join me. Yeah. And, you know, kind of like, you know, real quick, like my background, um, you know, I had relatives who went to a chiropractor when I grew up, like my mom and stepmom and uh, my dad and grandpa, you know, all these guys. And so when it came to, you know, came time for me to figure out what I wanted to do, you know, I was kind of thinking physical therapy because that's what I was in when I was a kid. And um, I ended up working for a chiropractor, really enjoyed it. And uh, I was an assistant and I thought, God, it'd be cool to be the actual chiropractor, you know, because you see people who come in and they're, you know, they don't smile. They're just in a lot of pain. You know, they're just kind of a shell of who they are. And then in a couple of weeks, they're like walking around. They're just a new person. They're smiling, laughing, joking, you know, hugging you. And they associate that with you. And I thought, God, that'd be cool to be the actual chiropractor. Yeah. And so uh, I went to school and graduated and ended up going immediately to, to Arizona. And that's where, like, I kind of noticed things were a little bit different for me. And so I ran kind of with a, a group of young chiropractors at the time. And for them, their mindset, like their identity was they were a chiropractor. Like that's who they were. And that's what they were. And then to myself and one other friend that I can think of, like chiropractic was more of what we did. And so it's like a little bit different mindset. And I'm not like saying like one is correct or, you know, one's wrong or whatever. Um, it's just how it was. You know, I just, I wasn't as fired up as they were. And, you know, I love chiropractic. I, I love what it can do for the body um, and how it works on that. But I always had in my head that I would probably work two days a week as being a chiropractor and do something else that I love, you know, which is kind of strange after going through all that school and like spending all that money. Um, that's kind of a weird thought, you know, but in 2009, a couple things happened to me where um, greatly kind of impacted my life. One was my son was born. And two, I started getting into like health and performance coaching. Okay. And so if we fast forward from there a couple of years, all of a sudden my coaching started taking over my chiropractic practice. And I remember seeing like over half of my income was coming from that. And it freaked me out, you know. And I remember thinking, like, what is going on here? You know, I'm I'm a chiropractor. This, you know, what would my chiropractic friends say if they knew this, you know? And what would they say if I just did coaching? Because I that thought had crossed my mind too. Like, wow, this is kind of blowing up. Maybe I should do that. And I, you know, I'd like that. But then negative thoughts started creeping in, like, I can't do this. I can't sustain this. I don't. I didn't even know what I was doing at that point. You know, there weren't like health coaches on YouTube or social media. You know, I think I'd just gotten on Facebook at that time. How long was this now? This is a this is like eight years ago. Okay, something yeah. like that. Somewhere around there. And so so it freaked me out so much that I decided to kind of drastically cut back on my coaching and just re totally refocus on chiropractic. Okay. And so 
if we go from there and fast forward about five years, you know, I was running a solo practice at that point and my relationship with my son is growing and he's wanting to do more stuff. And I'm just like, I'm struggling with the inability to kind of shut down my brain when it pertained to work. So, you know, if I'm playing with my son, it's, it's just like, just in my head, like I'm physically there, but mentally I'm not there. And so I started, you know, kind of praying and like thinking about what could I do to, to, to fix this. And then finally, and it's funny how things work out. I was contracted by a, a large corporate business um, for a position. And so it was, you know, at that point, you know, it was like a lot of money. Just, I didn't have to, I just had to work and I just had to go home. You know, I didn't have to think about anything afterwards. And so I hopped on that, you know, I was like, okay, problem solved. Right. And so after about a year of doing that, maybe a little bit more, I, I started thinking, I'm like, God, I'm not growing. Like I am just going through the motions. Like I haven't learned a thing or, you know, expanded at all in this past year. And I was kind of thinking, all right, this is too easy. And so not even like a week later, I get the call that, you know, we have this group meeting we find out that our bonus structures are changing. So I had to totally reassess my situation. And like I said, you know, it's just funny how things work out because that's when I decided, okay, let's get back into coaching. You know, let's let's get back to like what I wanted to do. And so, um, you know, just kind of started putting in the work. And, you know, right now I'm just contracted, you know, a couple days a week at an awesome kind of sports-related chiropractic clinic. You know, I've been coaching nonstop for the past couple of years. Um, now I have my son full time. And so I'm able to pick him up from school, you know, three days a week, which right now that's the highlight of my week. You know, like nothing beats seeing your kids see you from a distance and then get excited and then just start running towards you. Like nothing in the world is better than that. Yeah. You know, and I don't know how long that's going to last. <laughs> so yeah. I got to soak that in. Yeah, no, um, I, kind of, I, I feel I feel what you mean. Like, I, I sometimes work in stages where I don't always get to pick up my son because of my length of hours. But I know what you mean. When I do pick him up from school, yeah. drop him to the bus, you see that. And then small things are massive. You know, they can change right. the day. Change his day, you know. Yeah, right. And it, it, it's so cool. So, I, like, I get to go to sporting events. You know, I get um, – I have a podcast, Rise Up Radio podcast. And, you know, that's where – I get to meet inspiring people with with amazing messages and I'm guesting on podcasts and you know all this stuff is happening and I'm able to um, you know make it to the starting line of a race because to me that's a blessing just to get to the starting line uh, you know I'm in the heavy metal band which most people are like what <laughs> and you know now you know I'm just in this constant state of self improvement and I'm able to help others who want to join me and so I'm so thankful yeah i think it is it is important isn't it, to uh to take stock sometimes as well and sit back and be thankful for the normal everyday things you know oftentimes you know i always say a prayer and i, and I just kind of thank for the simplest of things you know the health the um just my son he's healthy and i have another baby on the way and and keeping my focus on you know the external and how lucky i've been and it's funny you say things right. work out at times because it's true you know and i've often had this conversation with people 
it's funny when things go wrong and you how something else comes up on the horizon at that same moment, you know, and uh, things going wrong, like you say, it builds you as well and builds your character. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, some, sometimes there has to be people who can take them bad hits so that they can relate to the people who are down in that darkness and pull them back out, you know. And I think, yeah. sometimes, you know, sometimes you're, you know, if you're, if you're chosen to do something, it can be a curse in a way, but you're going to help so many more people, you know, I guess, in, in return. So it's right, right. an awful lot. Yeah, and that that was actually one of the things that happened to me with the coaching was um, I went through a divorce and it was a pretty pretty bad divorce and uh, you know certain things happened to me and and whatnot and when I got back into coaching it was like all of a sudden it was all these people who were thinking about getting a divorce going through a divorce or have gone through a divorce and they were just like a shell of who they were and so i was able to work with them and you know eventually i get to know them and they'd ask me like well what happened yours and and then all of a sudden they'd be like oh wow mine doesn't sound so bad anymore. yeah yeah you share struggle almost <laughs> you know yeah yeah and and that's that's the cool thing about life is you know life is two-sided every, every event has two sides you know and you kind of pick which one you look at but you can find the good out of a bad event and you can find the, the bad out of a good event. And yeah. that's when when you're really starting to master your brain is when you're able to pick those things out and move forward with that. Yeah, I think that is, that's the best way of looking at life, really, isn't it? You just have to take, you know, you take the hits and you, you move on. Not to quote Rocky or anything like that, but that just sounds like, you know, but, uh, no, right. it is, you know it, it is exactly what it, it is like. And it's interesting, you know, when I was reading your extract from uh, the LinkedIn, even you know, even you called it out almost in the same way. The first thing on your list was a child of God, um, and then next is father. And before you have all these, it's interesting. Before you have all these listed level of achievements from your college and all that, you list them too. It's like you almost prioritize them. Is that the way you see it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the way. I think that's kind of how I relate myself to the world. You know, like first I got to be thankful for everything that I have. And to me, you know, I'm a Christian and, you know, everyone has their thing and like God, like I just thank God for everything, you know, that I've been through. And, you know, I remember thinking when I was 26, you know, I was like, God, I cannot believe I've made it to 26. Like everything, everything past this is just extra. (laughs) <laughs> you know like just like cherry on the cake or whatever oh, tell me was it were you always that way inclined religiously or did, did something happen that kind of gave you a born again experience or did you know did life bring you that way or was it an upbringing or what would you contribute to you know it's kind of funny because i grew up um you know i was forced to go to church sometimes and my grandma would take me to church and my mom was very seasonal with it like she'd get on her hot streaks with church and whatnot and so what ended up happening was so i'm a big vikings fan that's american football and so they made a huge trade when i was a kid i think i was like 13 just this monster trade they got like one of the best players and so that weekend that first weekend he played i missed the game and i heard it like it was just a crazy game and all this stuff happened and i missed it and i was like I'm never going to miss another game again. <laughs> and so, you know, at the, I think I was 13. I was around there. And I was like, 
not going to miss another game. And so I like really didn't go to church until I got to a point where I was going through a divorce. And so this was like around 40, you know, and um, at that point, like up until that point, I always thought of myself as spiritual. Yeah. You know, I was like, I'm spiritual, but I'm just, I'm not, I knew eventually there was going to be a time that I'll get back into it. Cause then, you know, then you go to college and I just I was doing other things, then chiropractic school. And I was like working on my business, and, like all this stuff kind of was going on. I was, I was almost like too busy, yeah. you know? And then finally, um, as I was, I separated and I was like, you know what, let's, let's figure out a church. And uh, there happened to be one in this neighborhood that I had never seen before. It was like two blocks away from my clinic. And I was like, oh my God, you know, let's, I'll go check it out. And, you know, I had just had one of those typical experiences where um, I get there, like the music was really good. It's like a new type church. And I was really relating to the music and I'm like listening to the lyrics. I'm almost crying. And then I'm listening to the sermon and it was like, he's talking to me, yeah. you know, I just had one of those things and it was like, wow, I guess, you know, let's just keep this up. Let's just see where this goes. Like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm really relating to this. And then from there, um, I really got into religion for about two years where I was like really researching different types and making sure, okay, do I think Christianity is real? And you know, I got into almost like a detective mode yeah. where I would like delve into like the science and, and all that of different religions and see That's what made you. sense to me and what didn't. Story almost, you know? <laughs> this is yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And it was like, I was totally nerding out on it, you know, and I was reading and reading and, you know, um, I, now I'm just, I'm just at a good place. You know, I'm yeah. happy with where I'm at. It's interesting, isn't it? Like you often, like I, the reason I said that, you know, it's like you're 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 saying things that like, you know, I, a few years ago, I um, I always like it like that. I wasn't religious. My family wasn't religious. They would classify themselves as Roman Catholic or whatever, you know. We would have went through, you know, the Catholic Church had has a big influence on Ireland, and we have all the sacraments done through school, and uh, would have that all. And like you said, the nice way of putting it, my mother would have been seasonal to the church as well. It would have been Christmas. It would have been, you know, right. weeks apart from that, maybe, you know. But um, like that as well. I always did though believe in a kind of a metaphysical element to the world, like a spiritual element. And I always pushed it to the back of my mind a bit. Go in my twenties, early twenties, mid twenties. You know, you're drinking, you're kind of working, you're not thinking about it, like you said, about your college days. And then I had kind of an experience where um, it landed me. I couldn't explain it, really. And I really had to, I had one of these experiences the following day, that week, where it was like I was being called to a church. These strangers pulled up and asked me where this church was. And I was thinking about it in my head, even though I was never in there before. And I went there and it was like this guest got up and spoke and he, like he spoke to me and that kind of thing as well. And like that, I went down the path for the last three or four years of researching every religion, researching Christianity to the ground. I, I was <laughs> right. in Israel only five months ago. I was like, I want to stand where he stood when it happened. I got baptized in the Jordan, you know, completely U-turn. Right. You know? But I get where you're coming from. And I think it's great, you know. It's like, it's great to know 
that's why I call it the truth, and that's where that part comes from. It's like I, I say it's spiritual health, but really, you know, it's 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 very heavily Christianity based because I am the way, the truth, and the life, and it's it's knowing the truth, not being blinded by what country you are made from. This is their religion. It's like, what are all the religions? What's the proof for the religions? What's the proof that this guy existed or died? Or was, you know, and what, you know, he seems very powerful in my life, like like an entity. So I really need to dig into it. That's why I think it's it's great. And I, I, I often think that, you know, you know, these are the things that put you in the right places, you know, where you're saying, like, where, yeah, I know, the bad thing you're divorced and it could have been messy and, and but then you pull out of it and you're, you're doing what you're doing now helping other people it's almost like a calling in a lot of ways isn't it and that's right where i am now yeah yeah and that's what we were saying how you know you can take any situation and you can draw good or bad from it yeah you know Absolutely. and it's so just, i mean yeah. any situation yeah no it is true and it, it's, it's nice to have that view on things as well to be able to the pull from that and I, I did think that you know reading a lot of your your lines on instagram even that seems a lot of you know new testament kind of lines as well for motivation um what but right I, I had a few written down but now i'm scared but even some of the stuff you were saying uh, one thing you did say i often think it's, it's very true uh, it, it's time to ask yourself what would you do if money was not an object then go do it and, you know, it's, it's, that's a very true statement to say, but it's also a scary one for a lot of people, isn't it? Because, you know, you can pursue what's expedient for your benefit, but, you know, what means something to you? Right. And see, the, the tough thing with that is oftentimes in your own head, you may think that something's important or you may think that you love a certain thing or, you know, whatever, but... Honestly, if you really took a deep dive into what you were, what you loved and what was inside of you, like that's not it. Yeah. You know, oftentimes people have someone else's values or society's values or society's norms in, injected in themselves. And so they're just like blurting out, okay, church is important. Okay. Well, if it isn't, then you're going to beat yourself up for not going to church every week or listening to pod or reading the Bible or, you know, doing whatever. And it's just going to kind of put you down in this road where you're just like, man, I'm not good enough. Things aren't working out for me. You know, I'm not this, this is what I want to be, but I'm not this when you really don't want to be that. Yeah. Yeah. And you do, you fall into them career paths that maybe not even for you, you know, in a lot of ways, like I, I had to come to the reality of realizing that, you know, where you're kind of early to mid twenties, maybe you're you're kind of chasing the the more possession of things, you know, or the nice car or the you know whatever, and then you kind of realise then I think that happens with kids as well that the important thing is getting back and having an evening with your kid that day and making sure you get back before they're in bed and making sure the work life thing is in check and like there's nothing wrong with with doing a job and and getting your mortgage or or you know being smart about things, but uh, I do think that. You know, if something's meaningful to you, you can you can pursue it. You know, even part time. We're lucky here in Ireland that college costs a lot less than the US. You know, um, at the moment I'm doing a strength and conditioning coach uh, course part time, but I can also keep my job going and I can also balance life and it doesn't break the bank in that right. way. Right. But it's nice right. to you know I do think that people need to 
assess you know what's calling them in certain ways you know and um, and fulfill that because you can feel a bit empty and shallow like you said you're you're going through the motions of burning daylight almost yeah right and that's like that kind of leads like right into the manifestation equation yeah. and so um basically just to give like a quick rundown of what it is yeah it's kind of it's a it's like a balanced uh scientific and spiritual equation and what i say is it's just like the key to translating your god-given purpose into your reality okay so it's like the key to to manifesting your amazing life you know not someone else's but yours and so you almost have to think of it as a as a chemical equation where you start with reactants on the left side and then you end up with products on the right and so the terms that are on the left side you're going to have your truth plus your brain plus your big bang all multiplied by a factor of x and so when you mix those together you create the products of gratitude and self-love so to kind of go over that again you got your truth plus your brain plus your big bang all multiplied by a factor of x equals gratitude plus self-love and so you probably notice like there's that x factor on the left side that unknown and so that's the most important piece of the equation because the unknown variable in the manifestation equation is you and so you are the one to you know with the power that you can have this equation express itself at the highest levels in life and so like to me that's really exciting because that gives you a lot of power um and this can radically change your life and so what made me think about this like in our conversation was the first um, portion of it called your truth okay and so the truth is like one of the most uh, common questions that I get from clients is what's my purpose you know they want they're just wondering like what's my purpose what should my purpose be like how do I find my purpose and I always have to start with this you know I don't personally know your purpose your purpose I have no idea but what I do know is that your purpose is already inside of you and you're living your life's purpose and you know to some people that's good news yeah yeah you know but to, to others <laughs> to others that's not so good news you know and I just tell them you know I hope you know hopefully this is a kick in the butt that you need to start living your own life yeah. and the best way to explain this is that, you know, God, I use the term God, whatever term you want, has put inside of us like a special genius, a special talent, skill set, interests, um, values, you know, a special purpose. And that's what I call your truth. And people always want to know, like, what is truth? And that's actually a biblical question, too. Yeah. And so truth is... Yeah, truth is uh, a self-expression of God that's inside of you. And so your true purpose in life is, a, is an honest expression of that truth. And so when you're living in line with that truth and not someone else's truth, that's when you're enlightened and the enlightened part comes out of you. And what I always tell people is, 
you know, with that being said, you know, there's an angelic part of you and there's an angelic part of me, like all of us. And an angel is a messenger of light. And so when you're using your God-given purpose, values, talent, skills, genius, you know, whatever, you're enlightened and you've tapped into that angelic part of you and you light up and it shines on the world. And this is where I've seen so many times where um, people will start to assess themselves and they allow themselves to be themselves. And then when they are themselves, they love themselves. And that's what truth really is, is it's love. And it's when you have that ability to find that love inside of you and you can share it with the world. And so when you can figure this out, like what your truth is, what you really want in life, what what's important to you, that's a powerful state to be in. And then that's when you can start filling your days with, you know, things that inspire you. And, and that's when your light starts to shine the brightest. And yeah. I mean, it affects so many parts of your life. Like your life will grow your, your gratitude, your achievements, your self-worth, self-love, leadership, all this starts to happen. And all this is just a benefit of just finding that truth. That's very, very, um, cool way of putting it like you know i don't i don't even know how you would have came up with that equation uh, in your because you know it is exactly what does happen really you know but like i think before starting even this podcast this is it's only since may but it's brought me down so many roads in, in terms of that but also since that i i couldn't sum it up the way you did but it is like that it's like i met a few people and uh we've you know i even though I've, I've gone through my lows last year, I'm twice the person I am now, and I'm learning more. And even, you know, these conversations are the conversations that, you know, travel as well, and that someone else, because we forget that purpose. You know, when you, you talk about, you're reminding people that they have a purpose, and right, it's almost like the spark of divinity within people, you know, that right. we forget about uh, what makes us meaningful to begin with, you know, what differentiates us from the animals almost. And, uh, you, you know, I think that just before I started doing any of this, it was like I was going back and forth to work every day and there was something I need to be doing. And it's something calling out to me, you need to be doing something, you know, now. And I was only <laughs> going to sit down pen and pad and like a few days later and I just wrote out my whole thing. And I said, that's it. Like, you know, that's, you know, and I, I realized I have the mics up there. I have to, you know, I have the room, to, you know, and everything just fell together in that moment. And it's interesting, it's like, how did you come up with that equation? How did you put it in, in them mathematical terms? And also, how did you uh, introduce the idea of the big, the big bang in there as well? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it all started, um, I guess, you know, maybe 15 years ago when I started treating patients and I started getting into, uh, you know, self-improvement and just reading a lot of books. But a lot of it came from, the way that I did chiropractic was I would, if someone kind of like, if someone just signed up for care, I would see them hopefully three times a week, you know, probably for a couple months. And typically I sat with them for about half hour. And so my part-time job when I was a chiropractor was psychologist, you know, cause they get comfortable with you and they just tell you everything, you know, they just tell you what's going on and what they're doing and how they're progressing and how they're navigating through different situations. And, you know, there's times where, you know, I'm sitting there with 
someone who is literally at the top of their field, like at the top of their little niche, yeah. you know? And so I would hear their issues and their problems and what they would do to get through it. And so like for me, it was like, like I could have been paying for this information, you know? Yeah. And so just time after time. And, and then on the other hand too, I would hear, you know, what, what someone else who may be, at that time isn't as successful or, you know, they're really having troubles in, in life or, you know, whatever. And I would, I would hear the decisions and the thought process of what they were doing as well. So I got to see, you know, both sides of how people were navigating and, 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 you know, manifesting or not manifesting life. And so, you know, kind of with the combination of the two, um, you know, the past couple of years, I've been trying to think of how to put it all together, you know, and uh, because to me, obviously, getting into like a spiritual side and tapping into that spiritual side of me, that was important to me. Um, you know, growing up, I was always more of into the sciences. So that was important to me. So I was just like, just brainstorming how I could do it and and how I could present this to people and it just kind of happened <laughs> you know it was just one of those things where it was like I I mean it, it took a, a few years of just thinking about how to do it before it actually kind of came to me yeah so it's so, like x is the variable which is you or your talent and then uh, your brain is obviously the, the tool you, you work through in that way. Um, I'm just interested in the cosm cosmological kind of big bang. Is that just the, your creation in itself? Well, that would be more of a, like creating what you want in life, right. if that makes sense. Yeah, so it's, it's not like, like the creation of, of you, per se. Yeah. But... Uh, you know, like the Big Bang theory to me is crazy and awesome, you know, yeah. and it it gives us, you know, some of the answers, um, you know, some of the spiritual answers and scientific answers of how did things begin, yeah. you know, and what I've drawn from the Big Bang would be, you know, a couple different scientific discoveries would be the space-time continuum and the equation equals mc squared yeah and so the space-time continuum is more of uh like the origin of of everything of this world mm -hmm. and it separates factors that transcend this world yeah and so you know with the big bang you know it just kind of i always have to laugh because I, I heard this on a podcast um i can't remember where but they said well, if there was a big bang, there had to be a big banger. Yeah. You know, that just kind of made me laugh. But, but like the awesomeness of E equals MC squared, and which most people don't know. So you've got energy equals mass times the speed of light squared. That tells us that large amounts of energy can give us mass in the universe, and small amounts of mass can create large amounts of energy. Mm -hmm. Which, if you apply that to your life, that's huge. And so, yeah. you know, you... Oh, go ahead. No, I, I just think, you know, it's, this is something that 
sometimes I wrestle with and I, I look into when me and my brother have had discussions. My brother's a, an atheist and uh, he wanted to come on and we had this debate and we had two of them actually. But um, then we go down the, the route of, you know, uh, evolution and biology and creation and design. <laughs> and uh, right. I, I try and look into this. I, I, I'm a fan of William Lane Craig. I don't know if you know Dr. William Lane Craig. And he has a book and he talks about the origins of life. And I was just trying to get your perspective as a Christian or as a believer as well. You know, I, I do... The Big Bang Theory, to me, is like... Um, Maybe that's when God did create things. Maybe that's the energy that came out of it. Because I stumble on the, you know, uh, if there was mass or energy, you know, where did it come from initially, you know? Um, and, you know, where matter, space and time have a beginning and one can't begin without the other, you know, if there's no space. Right. With you know, space and no time, where do you put it? In? You know, time, no space, how do you? So, um, what, what, as a Christian, how do you, conceptualize that in your head do you believe in a creator then and these are this theory is part of that yeah to me there is a creator and this would be oh man if you would have caught me two years ago i would be right on point with all the facts and all my stats on this yeah i know but uh, you know but and that was one of the things that actually kind of drew me more to the bible was and it's actually a, a thing that draws people away is Genesis, you know, like Genesis one. Yeah. Now, to me, it seems like it does flow. Yeah. Like you. And, you know, that could be my perception, too. Like the way that I perceive it is it does flow with how things were created. Yeah. And you could say, you know, different things as far as let there be light. And, you know, that could correlate to. Um, you know, maybe when the, uh, gosh, not to get too into this, but, you know, when the earth was first formed and it was like going around the sun, the moon literally, it was another planet that like smashed into the earth and formed the moon. Okay. And so with that, um, the earth was kind of more like like more water i think and like more gassy and so it took away a lot of that gas and so that allowed light to come and so from there um you know you have you know different oxygenation of of different things and, and different uh elements smashing into the the earth which allowed grass to grow and then that allowed animals to to come onto the scene and it just seems like that's kind of like the what happened scientifically yeah, and yeah. so you know to me you know back then when they're writing this stuff they didn't have this information yeah, no, <laughs> you know it's funny how it's, it's, so it's hard assistant you know like uh, it brought me to Genesis one as well because of course where do you start and uh right well then i i seen the interest in kent oh was, there was this guy saying you know you know time space and matter have to come in their continuum you know they have to come into existence at the same time you know and Genesis sums it up, Genesis 1, it's like uh, in the beginning there's time, there's the heavens, there's space and the earth and there's matter and the tree and you know whatever way it was written out in form it just all clicked and it's like you know this is still and even the Bible said how the, the 
the, the planet was suspended in, in air and black space and, you know, way before, you know. But, yeah, like you said, not to get too into it, but I just was interested in hearing another Christian's perspective on it because it is something that it's a constant search for knowledge on these things. And I know even science and atheism is also searching out there as well. Um, right. There Which is, is good. I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Like, you should never stop searching because science obviously does so much, and there's plenty of Christian scientists as well. But um, I just, you know, it's interesting because a lot of Christians sometimes have different views on origins or evolution or the age of the earth. And, you know, sometimes when you get all that information, it's kind of hard to process and lay it out and say, where do you stand on this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And see, another problem is with the Bible. Like, when, you, when you're reading the Bible... Um, it was written in a time where there weren't so many words. So it leaves us to a lot of how, you know, just how we perceive different things. And so let's say, just pretending, we've got two million words right now, okay? Well, back then, they had 20,000 words. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so, like, a long period of time, back then, that could have been a week you know uh it could have been a month it could have been 200 years it could have been a million years yeah but it's all the same word back then yeah and, and so that's, that's where a lot of the translations can kind of yeah yeah you often hear debates about that as well it also says that you know the bible is saying one thing and a lot of people interpret different ways but it still says one thing that's up to you how you you read it in a lot of ways and I, to be honest with you i haven't read the old testament true i've been in and out of it i have read the new testament because that's where i actually began which probably is when the, the best war- part to begin yeah for sure. <laughs> well actually like, i i ran out my nana was very religious in a very catholic and i'd actually say i'm a christian because i yeah uh, i think it's you know i i, I don't follow into the, the denominations of it I, I follow christ and his word and that i mean right. i read the new testament of it and then um, I, uh, I asked her, could you get me two things? You know, that Jesus, I trust in you, picture for the house. Because we always have one growing up, and I always liked And uh, one was a Bible, and she gave me a New Testament Bible. And I, in my head, I was thinking of the Old Testament. But I read into it and uh, was blown away by some of the quotes, you know. Uh, and I remember there's a guy, uh, Jay Warner Wallace. He's a Las Vegas cold case detective. And he went to debunk Christianity and by examining the Gospels as if they were murder scene documents. Right. And came back out as a Christian who said that, you know, these, as far as the eyewitnesses constrain time, expand time, you know, how they're located in the room, how they correlate each other's stories, how the non-Christian documents, like the Roman documents, correlate, he says, there's no other way. These are the actual words of Christ. And then when you read the words then, you realize this guy was... Like either super intelligent or I don't know because the, the things you say are still so relevant and right what the parables they're so beyond intelligent that it's ridiculous like you know how he was even educated enough back then to, to come out with these things you know so that's what blow, blows me away on yeah, you know, yeah. If, if it's one thing that's even evidence in itself it's that almost you know yeah that's funny because that was one of the things that was one of the first things that I went into was Okay, was Jesus actually a person? Yeah, yeah. Like, did he actually exist? Yeah. You know? And, uh, yeah, because it's kind of funny because, like, I'll be asked, 
like okay if you ha- if you had one person or three people and you could have lunch with them who would it be yeah and then i always say jesus <laughs> people are like what yeah. like, did he live was he alive i'm like yeah he was he was a yeah, person he was like, like a person but like yeah. he, he, i'm not I'm not cheating in this question yeah. but it's like you know when i became a christian a lot of people kind of rose up against me, I found, were angry about it. And I didn't know where that was coming from. And uh, a lot of people didn't even know. They were like, you know, he was like a, a bum, like who was rolling around. And uh, some people were like, he didn't even exist. And then, you know, you just realize that these people don't know anything about the subject. And, you know, they're so passionate against it. But they don't know right. who he is or what he did or he was three years in ministry or, you know, how many people saw him after the event and you know all the doctors a lot to dig into it took take me years to dig into it you know but um i think it is there's a, there's a new tv show called the chosen i'm not sure if you heard of this it's the the biggest media funded crowdfunded project of all time that's it it's a multi-series about christ and uh, it's very good but you know the director said something and i think it's akin to what maybe we're both doing with the you know in terms of he said that, you know, he was worried about how this is going to land and how he's to do certain things and overthinking things instead of just going and doing it. And he said he, he remembers he got this message from a friend saying, you know, you can't you can't feed the 5,000. All you can do is provide the loaves and the fishes. You know, and he said, that's what you do. You know, you just do your best and then let God deal with how how far it'll reach, you know, in that way. Right, it's, right. It's a good saying even, isn't it? Like... You just put your your like your manifestation, like you said, like this was pulling in money for you. Your your coaching side of things, the thing you're more interested in, you know, you didn't know, you didn't expect that reach, but that was in maybe someone else's hands or in your plan, or your purpose, rather. Right. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is, like you said, you can only do your best. Yeah. You know, and things will happen, and yeah. that's one of the things that I told myself when I. Um, when my son was born, I was so nervous, you know, you're just like, what am I like? I'll never forget bringing him back to my place. Yeah. It's just me and him. I'm like, what, what am I going to do? You know? And I just kept telling myself, you know what? Just do your best. Yeah. Do your best. Do what you think is right and stick with that and just go and just, that's all you can do. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. And, you know, I actually wanted to talk to you about, uh, usually I go through with the guests, like training taught and true to the physical side, but the, the OCR thing is something I never heard about before. Um, sorry, I'm not saying that right. The the, cha- the obstacle cha- race championships. Obstacle you, course, you know, yeah. I never yeah. heard of that. Um, um, can you tell me how you got into that, even? You know, I, I started doing um, triathlon and kind of running about 10 years ago. And uh, from there, I realized I suck really bad at swimming. Like, I just didn't like it, you know. And then all of a sudden, with all the texting that's going on now, people are getting hit on their bikes, you know. And I've just, I've known people who have actually, like, passed away from riding their bikes, like, training. And so I was like, you know what, I don't like this enough to, like, keep doing it. And uh, just one day, I was like, you know, I'm going to try a Spartan race. And I did this race. It was almost two years ago to today. And 
I had no idea. I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, I had no idea what the uh, um, what the obstacles would be or anything like that. It was the scariest race of my life, just sitting there and you know at the starting line, and people are yelling, and it's all these rip guys and all this stuff, and it was just race almost isn't it? <laughs> yeah, super intimidating. They got like their paint on and all that stuff, and I just went in and you know just did it and just you know tried my best and you know got my butt kicked that first one and it was I felt the worst after that race like I felt worse after that race than I felt after an Ironman race I've done one Ironman and I felt worse after that race and so I told myself all right I'm gonna train I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna train for one of these and so I trained and you know lucked out and did really well and uh found out like months later that I had qualified for uh, OCR, the world championship, which was cool because that's when, when I qualified for the OCR, that's where like my Instagram kind of blew up and, you know, different things happened. So that allowed kind of like my platform to grow, which was kind of weird, you know? And then, so I was able to you know, a lot of people came up to me for coaching on Instagram. Like they would just message me. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. You know, it's just, it's crazy how things work. And so the next year um, I was able to do it again. And that's kind of my goal for this year is to qualify for uh, OCR. So what is like, can, can you explain like Spartan race and Ironman and OCR in terms of distance and obstacles, you know, um, because a lot of yeah. people don't even know what we're talking about. Yeah, so Ironman, um, I did this once, and it was just like just to see if I could do it. Um, I wasn't racing it for sure, and that's uh, it's a two point four mile swim, a hundred twelve mile bike, and then a full marathon, which is twenty six point two miles, and you have seventeen hours to complete it. And then the OCR race that I did, because there's different levels, um, was about four or five mile run with 25 obstacles. So that's like um, climbing a rope. Um, there was like a 400 pound tire that you had to flip and you had to do it a couple times. And I'll never forget like the first time I went to go flip it, I had no idea of like the weight or anything. I just saw a tire. I went to budget and like nothing moved. I was like, oh no. <laughs> You're thinking about your car packer days then, Right, exactly. And so, yeah, there's you know 20 or 25 things like that that you have to complete along with running the race. And so it's it's a different style of crazy than uh, than uh, triathlon, yeah. but I think you still have to say have that same craziness involved yeah. in it. Uh, I think you know when you're talking about the cycling. I, I this time last year I was just purely focused on cycling i was doing a bit of weights as well just to keep me off the office desk you know get me out for lunch break but i was cycling i was aiming for a race called the ring of Kerry, and i fell off my bike and it was a bad enough one now i uh immediately knew i came down my head luckily i was wearing my helmet but i immediately knew something was wrong and i looked at my bike and it was broke up and uh but also was my shoulder and um i went to hospital and I had to get the surgery the next day and the plates put in, pinning my shoulder together. And um, and then I, my bike has been gathering dust since, and that was last June. 
um, and a friend of mine was talking. He's in the army. He's a personal trainer and the sergeant in the uh, in the army. And uh, he said, "I'm doing intermittent fasting. I'm thinking about doing trail running. Do you want to join me?" And I said, "Yes." And I cut a load of fat, and I went running three times a week. And the fasting has been phenomenal for me. I don't know if you if if you advise clients about it or anything like that, but the eighteen six intermittent fasting we do seven days a right. week. And I've been doing it since September or August, and it's just cut my body fat, maintained my muscle mass, and gave me twice the energy for running and everything. Now, I look kind of like shit today because I did a race on the weekend. It was a, it was only a ten k, but it was a mountain run, and it blew the legs off me, you know. And I haven't been sleeping great since. I'm in recovery mode, but um, have you have you delved into intermittent fasting? Or is it something that ever pops up? Actually, when I was doing the Ironman, I was doing fasting yeah. when I was training. Yeah, I had about two months or so of training for Ironman and uh, got into fasting at that period. And it's one of those things that's kind of in the back of my head that I'm thinking about going back into. Yeah. But it's kind of funny because you you go to a place where it is kind of painful, you yeah. know, where it's not fun and you're basically like withdrawing, you know, and then after that, after you can control that, especially mentally, you're yes. feeling pretty good. Yeah. And I actually had, I was training um, a lot of like high competitive triathletes at that point, And I had them fasting as well. Really? And they were like, what? how can you, you know, how can you train and do this? And I was like, just try it. Yeah. Just try it. Like, <laughs> It is true, isn't it? Because you think, well, well, I need a big breakfast before I do this race. Like, I did that race 15 hours into a fast, and I probably performed the best I have. And I asked my strength and condition lecturer about this the other day. I said, because how about the energy systems? You know, your ATP is your, your initial energy system, then your glycogen, and then your actual, you know, fitness. And I said, is that different if you're fasting? Because I run 12 hours plus into a fast because... Apparently, at 12 hour mark, you start burning from the fat stores, which is the most concentrated form of energy. And I found it's made a massive difference. Like, I went from running, barely getting through three kilometer runs, to later that week when I had fixed, like you said, the first couple of days was, was torture because my body was kind of like, what are you doing? And then hunger was, and then if my body got used to it, and I was running like seven, I did my first 7K nonstop that week. And then that weekend, I did my first 10K nonstop. And I was kind of like, I could go further. And it was only a week earlier that I couldn't get through three kilometer run. Like, you know, right, right. It is pretty amazing, though, isn't it? Yeah, and it's funny when you're going through fasting, how your senses, like, you just become sensitized. You know, you can yeah. smell, you can smell a, a sandwich like a mile away. That's you true. Know, yeah. You can smell burnt toast. Like, oh, that toast smells so good. Where's that coming from? It is true because we I work my office was beside a, a cafe and I didn't realize how much you know smell the bacon and eggs in the morning I was kind of you know I was like oh right, my, right. my black coffee you know I was like, oh, yeah man. exactly but it is tough and um, one thing like one thing I did want to ask you is um, the the health performance side of things like how did you get in contact you you also helped out Olympians Olympians and gold medalists and all is that right. Like, did they find you from that Instagram blowing up? Like, that's pretty no, amazing. No, that was, that was prior to that. 
was it okay so yep so that was that was uh, a couple years prior um mainly just kind of local athletes that uh you know i was doing when i was doing uh like running and and all this stuff i had different groups and i created groups because for me i believe that if you if you can create a strong group you guys can kind of build each other up in certain things and so if i was uh training for a triathlon well i'm terrible at swimming and i hate swimming so i can't just go to a pool and just be like you know get a good workout in because i won't work out hard my form will be just awful yeah and so you know i create a group to kind of make everyone else better where we'd have a certain plan for that day and whatnot i had the same thing for running as well running was a little bit different because i actually found out that i was pretty decent at uh distance running or distance saying like a, a 5k yeah like 5k run i was pretty good at that and so i was able to kind of draw upon um you know getting different people into the groups and whatnot and and from there um along with being in chiropractic for so long i just kind of met different people you know and, and it's one of those things where when you have a focus and when you have a vision of of what you want and especially the vision that helps um you have what's called a reticular activating system in your body and so what that does is it's almost like a filtering mechanism in your brain i'm sorry in your brain and so it's like when you let's say you get a new car when you buy a new car you see that car everywhere that's just how it is like yeah. you're like oh my god my car is everywhere well the same thing happens when you have an honest vision you know like when you have your truth and you're thinking about that truth because that's just the way the brain works you think about whatever that truth is and you have that inspired vision that inspired vision comes from half of your brain for the most part and then that reticular activating system kind of senses like you will see things that other people won't see that'll help you with whatever it is that you're kind of thinking up or whatever you're manifesting hmm. and I, i think at that point like certain things were just kind of coming to me yeah you know Yeah, yeah, like I, I was, I was attracted to it. I, I was looking for it. I, maybe I wasn't like searching directly for that, mm -hmm. but it, it was coming to me. And so yeah. I was like treating these pros and semi pros, and then people who, um, you know, I helped, and then they made the pros, and they're all stars. You know, just all this stuff was kind of going on, and uh, I think that's part of the science of yeah. of the manifestation. Yeah, it's almost like the law of attraction, almost, isn't it? In, in that sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's interesting, you know, because you know, you also now are delving into the music side of things. You haven't um, <laughs> been new. You, know, you sent me, and you know, I was surprised at how professional sounding it was. I was expecting, you know, <laughs> drums in a garage kind of thing, you know, but it's yeah. very good. It's actually made in the proper studio. Thank you. How did you get into the musical? I actually relate to music with the spiritual side of things because um i think that you know music speaks to the soul you know you turn a song on it can change right. your whole humor or your day you know it's like oh, yeah. what is that that lifts you you know why do people have their 
favorite music and our songs and they change the whole mood and they say when you run listen to music your respiratory system your heart actually synchronizes with it and you know i think there's something deeper going on there but what what led you into right. the music side of things yeah this is kind of funny um so i played guitar when i was in high school and so at that point you know there's like you know i was in heavy metal so i was you know playing slayer Megadeth, you know, Metallica, you know, stuff like that. I just try to figure it out on guitar. And then I got to college and it was like, no one wants to listen to some dude just play his guitar, much less heavy metal, you know, like you're not going to be picking up any chicks doing that. So I was like, I didn't, I just kind of quit playing. And it was always kind of in the back of my mind, like, God, that'd be cool to like, just get back into it and like play and maybe play in a band and uh you know didn't think twice about it and then all of a sudden last year um i'm contracted i get a contract at a chiropractic clinic and so i'm working there and one of the guys he used to be in a heavy metal band and he was like yeah i think we're gonna get back together we just need a bass player and uh i was like well if you don't have anyone like i played years ago yeah never played bass but i'm like okay i think i can probably pick that up yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I started playing bass last February, so almost a year from now, and uh, we just kind of started recording. They had some old songs and, and whatnot, and so now we've recorded eight songs, and we're hoping by the end of this month to be, um, I don't know what it's called, like published, like the songs will actually be finalized and out. And so we've been kind of playing some concerts here and there just to get a feel of the songs and we actually got invited to a battle of the bands um, next month. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like our, our name was on uh, the local like hard rock radio station, and it was pretty cool because like the way it sounded, like you know, it's like this heavy metal this guy, and the only words you can really understand are the band name. Kept alive. It's like, oh, yeah. So, you know, it's like one of those things, like, it's just a blast. It's like, it's one of those fun things, you know, because yeah. you always have to schedule fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm growing. I, I, I would have never thought I would be on stage. Yeah. Like, playing an instrument. Like, when I'm up there playing, we're going so fast. I feel like I'm doing mathematical equations in my head. Like I've got to like, I'm in total concentration. You know, those guys are just playing. Like they're all like musical geniuses, and I'm just there, just like <laughs> trying to keep up. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's you know, fun. You know, I used to play music years years ago uh, with a with a band. Now we we just used to bash away in a hall, and but my yeah, uh, it was real light acoustic stuff, and I had. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine's a drummer and he used to play in an Elvis tribute band and uh, he just wanted to bash away, you know. And I was there in the acoustic of the hair playing, you know, Cat Stevens and stuff, like enough stuff. And he, he was kind of, you know, raring to go. And I remember we went to the Battle of the Bands like that. And uh, this is, um, I am about 18, I, I guess. Uh, so, uh, so I would go. And then um, this, we were doing this three or four bands and this young guy was there and uh, he sat by himself. I don't know why, I just think of the story. And he just sat at a big table full of drink and he just went, went. And uh, so what's the story? He's, that's our singer. I said, you may stop him. He goes, no, that's 
up on stage. And it's like, you know what I mean? Uh, that's he, his pregame. He did kind of heavy metal stuff, but he was like a different guy on stage. He was great, you know, but he was by himself for the last two hours getting drunk, you know? He's like 19. Right, right. Oh, my God. That's what I had to do my first time. I was so... I mean, I still get nervous. Like, I was so nervous. I thought I was either going to pass out, like, just faint, just straight up faint on stage. I was going to, like, pee my pants or something. Like, I I thought for sure something was going to happen like that. So I had to have a couple drinks to get up there. <laughs> and, like, one of the good things that happened was we're we're, like, one of eight bands playing that night. And I saw the first couple bands, and I was like, I honestly think we're better than them. Like, I think, like, we're legit. Like, our music is legit. Yeah. And uh, so that helped. Like, just that confidence. But, oh, man, I still get up there. Like, I have to have at least a drink or, or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's tough. You know, I, I, I don't like playing on stage anymore, but it's not a confidence thing. It's just like, you know, you know I like when what I used to play is when my friends are there and we'd be drinking in the pub or stuff like that and we'd grab the guitar, it's in the boot of the car and everyone has a sing-along and I, I might, but me and my brother were, were gigging for a while and we had to arrive at a certain time and set up our gear and we play at like say 7 o'clock till 11 and the first few songs, everyone's just sitting with their drinks just watching you and they're not really into it and by the time you're ready to shut down, everyone's, you know, play this song and they're all drunk and all. And right. like, I don't, it's like forced forcing me to play and um, where I can spirit I think music just flows sometimes and that's when you play the best my yeah. last episode was actually Christmas Eve I had my two brothers here with me and we were talking and we just grabbed the three guitars and just started belting it out and that's when I like playing music you know and that was just right in the middle of the podcast and we just sang and uh, you know rather than be here at 7 o'clock bring all your gear stick it there play the songs, go through the motions, but it's different, I know, for everyone, but that's how I, I feel, that's how I felt after a few years of doing it, but uh, I really do think that playing an instrument, though, really does help, you know, and it, it's, a, it's a great thing, you know, um, does music run your family? Is that why you picked the guitar in the first place? No, not at all. There's, like, nothing. There's no music, no dancing. You yeah. know, we're all pretty bad at that stuff, <laughs> so it's just... Uh, but it's like exercise. You know, they say kind of a random. Yeah, they say oh. exercise kind of helps your, you know, hormones and release chemical balances. And same with music, I think. You know, you pick up the guitar. You know, even sitting on your couch and play. You know, there's a release as well, almost. Or you know, you're creating something like a big bang. Right. You know, put ahead. Right. Exactly. And that's oh, you know that that all brings happiness to you. You know, especially when you're able to uh, produce something or create something or just play someone you know play something else that someone else created you know it gives you like you said that release and oftentimes that there'll be like an endorphin or you know whatever and that's going to create happiness yeah i think so what 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 personally now you know i'd say you have some long-term goals ahead of you or you have short-term goals maybe what kind of personally motivates you day by day? You know that you know. Sometimes I have people who are on who aren't that religious, and sometimes that's their truth. You know, I ask them, you know, what right motivates. But we all have that motivation. You know, where it could be some people's kids or you know their faith or whatever. What what personally is driving you now forward? Yeah, I would say um, 
just in doing some self-reflection, a lot of it is the self-improvement. You know, just always being in that state of self-improvement. And so, like we had talked about earlier, that could be uh, physical, mental, you know, social, spiritual, you know, whatever. And that's that's what I get excited about. I, I like waking up thinking, okay, what am I going to do today to uh, maybe wear my body out? You know, what what workout am I going to do? You know, what am I going to, what podcast am I going to listen to today? What am I going to read? You know, how am I going to grow? And then what could I take from whatever I'm doing and teach someone else? You know, what, what, how can I package this to, to help someone else? And that's really right now, that's my main motivation. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. So what's, what's your, if you were to talk to someone, what's your message really? You know, there's a lot of people who are, could obviously be stuck in a dark place who are trying to find these podcasts or maybe stumbling across them. Uh, and I know, you know, it, it always, you know, baffles me when I hit publish and you hit the like countries like Indonesia and Australia, <laughs> who's finding this? I'm not advertising, like I'm not paying advertising, like but, but people are obviously getting the keywords. So if there is like someone who's listened to this, you know, who's in that darker place, what's the message in your world? The message is love God, love others, love yourself. And I think deep down, like when you get down to it, life is relational, you know, and for me, relationship is with God is huge. Um, building other people up, you know, helping other people, um, having people there when I need support, you know, putting myself out there, you know, that's, that's a, a type of relationship. And then and obviously it all leads to a relationship with yourself and, and having that, that love and forgiveness of others and, and yourself. I think that would be the, the key, the key to life. Good. Some people would say. Oh, that's great. Listen, I, I, um, I really enjoy your stuff and I'm going to keep following you and, and, and I'm going to post some links of, of your stuff here as well. So people who are listening and want to look into it for or can. Yeah, thank you, Anthony. I, I'm, I'm enjoying the Rise Up Radio podcast as well. And I hope you stay going with it and stay going with the music. Yeah, great. Thank you. Look yeah, it. see, that's the cool thing about, you know, starting your podcast. And when I started my podcast, it was from a purely selfish purely selfish reasons you know in 2018 my goals were to expand my relationship with god uh expand my relationship with other people and meet people who uh could inspire me and so i started listening to podcasts and i was like you know what i think this is the route i'm going to take yeah and it just kind of like blew up from there and so you know, I think you're doing the same thing and, and, you know, just be, you know, just be thankful for the relationships that you make from doing this podcast. Like now we're going to be, we'll be friends. Yeah. You know, we, we can, if you're having troubles with anything, you can contact me and, and vice versa. And it's, no, it's it amazing. You know, you, you, you do, it's amazing the people you can meet, like, you know, and, and the, the things you learn, like the things I've learned just from this, you know, and, all I want to do is talk to people who'd be more qualified to talk about. I'm not very good at articulating words, or I'm not that fairly fluid putting things together, you know. And I think that that's why I was reached, and that's why when you wrote that line, you know, of, of 
what you're doing, like helping people find purpose. You know, I think that was an important one. You know, even I had a list of people that were messaging me, but you know, you jumped the queue then because it's like that's that's something I want to hear about as well. You know, I think that people can get a lot of benefit from. Um, right. That's that's like you know, I'm hopefully. I'll gain experience as well as the years go by. That's why I'm doing the strength and conditioning so I can talk to the physical side of people, you know, and be yeah. and I, I'm thinking about doing a, psych, a psychology course as well next year to, to build, to get more in tune with people's, you know, mindsets as well. And I, like, like you said yourself, it's great to make them connections because you end up with a group of, you know, if someone follows either podcast, then, you, you know, they have this network of people that they might relate to and pull some of their meaning from and, and help them out of that place, whether they went the route of exercising and training or had their relationship with, with God, which is my personal one as well, which fell onto the physical and the mental, you know, because I think they're all intertwined really, you know, when I picked myself up or I got help, someone picked me up and right. who did it and that led me down the wormhole. And then the spirit, I realized when I rewrote my, physical exercise regime how good I felt with that and then when I see some people who are heavier or you know making excuses kind of if they're giving themselves excuses not to go out and do what they need to do and you know it might be an old injury or it might be a self-confidence issue or and uh, I just think that the likes of speaking to yourself are important for them people to hear because maybe they'll say wow you know what I play music or I I love that Spartan race. I wanted to aim for that. You know, and that's, right. that's, that's a goal, you know, like, like you're not here to make money off the podcast. Like it doesn't make money, you know? Yeah. Unless and it, like the cool thing with that is, you know, and the way that people think is if that person can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. And once they start thinking that you've inspired that person. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and that's a, that's a thing that people don't realize is that, you know, they're, you, you inspire people like you having this podcast, You've inspired people. You've got people in Indonesia listening to you. You know, you're doing something right. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate it. And another thing is, you know, keep doing what what you want to do, like the stuff that interests you, because that keeps your spark going. Yeah, and that is true. And, you know, I think that's why we're talking about the purpose thing. People forget about, you know, focusing on that. They get tied up at work, and then they end up watching TV at the end of the day, and they get, you know, they're distracted constantly, you know, by societal things um, and that's why it's good to take a step back and figure out what you know the, like the manifest equation like it's all purpose like it sounds like it's what do you want to do what what can you do you know what's your potential what's your purpose you know and yeah. i think that's great I, you know i'm going to dig into that bit myself you know just to make sure you know to, to, to like i know i'm i know what i'm doing now is right you know when you know you're you're you know there was a call in there and i was fulfilling it and what i would say is like kind of the, the spirit is keeping me fired up for these things and often that i often say a prayer as well give me guidance give me wisdom say you know to and give me help with the podcast today you know even today i would have said a prayer a few hours ago i'm tired i was in bed i was like i need energy you know i haven't slept well in the last few days you know i can't put this podcast off let me just get my head together you know right i just said a prayer you know in the dark as well said look just just give me a bit of strength a bit of energy and a bit of wisdom and I looked over my notes and um, my partner and my son cleared this front room for me. And I just, you know, and I'm really glad I did it now because, you know, I think there's a lot of important issues that we touched off that will help a lot of people. And I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no, I appreciate you.
yeah, yeah. thank you and look I, like I said I will put the links in and uh, maybe even talk again down the line when, when if, you know on an episode I'll definitely be communicating with you, you know but uh, yeah. that's great listen Dr. Al I really appreciate it Anthony thank you so much I appreciate it and you know like you said like we'll definitely stay in connection and and we'll do this again yeah, I could absolutely do with an Olympic coach on my back. <laughs> That's great. Look, I appreciate it, man. And uh, I right. hope this live in the next couple of days. Awesome. Yeah, let me know. Great stuff. Thanks, Dale. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.